Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pops and Hisses, a music podcast where we talk to bands you love, talk about concerts, and answer your burning music questions. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and in this episode, we have another installment of Ask the Music Guy, and we're talking about why concert tickets are so expensive and what band and album would I love to see a documentary about. So these are all listener-submitted questions. If you'd like to ask your own question, head to popsandhisses.com slash question and fill out the form. It's really easy, it takes just a second, and you could be featured on a future episode of the show. We're going to get to your questions soon, but first let's take a look at what's been going on in music. So, what did you think of the Super Bowl halftime show last week? I loved it, but I thought it could have been a little bit longer. So, hip-hop has always been mixed in with other genres at the Super Bowl, but it was cool this time to see Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, and surprise guest 50 Cent show up for the Super Bowl halftime show. It was great for hip-hop to have the stage for itself for the night. I thought that was really cool. The lineup, of course, was all-star. They all fit well together, too. It was cool to see them all on stage together. The only thing I could have gone for was more. More of each performer. More of the show. I know it was plenty long. It was about 14 minutes, I think. Uh, But, you know, I could have gone for a little more from each performer. Rather than a lot of Dre and Snoop to open and close, uh, it would have been cool to get a little more of everybody else. I also would have loved them to do some kind of medley to close the show. Maybe that's just taking some of their songs and putting them together or doing a Dr. Dre song and, but having everyone take a verse or a part of the song, I think that would have been really, really cool. Of course the show received pretty much rave reviews and I think it would earn a spot in the top shows of all time. Uh, especially if they made a couple of those changes. A lot of people were, Oh, it's better. It's the best ever. It's the best ever. I think let's, you know, take a breath and uh, revisit that and maybe make that evaluation, uh, sometime in the future. But Solid, solid effort. I think it was really cool. On the other side of the music spectrum, I also had a good time seeing Eric Church last week. So his current run is the Gather Again tour, and it stopped in Omaha, where I live, and he played a three-hour, 32-song set. It's something else to see him evolve into the kind of artist that plays a set list that kind of evolves and changes from night to night. Um, He's got so many good songs, he can't even fit them all into a three-hour set. So he's becoming a little something uh, like country music's Bruce Springsteen, who's a guy he sings about in his most popular song. Now, I don't think he's quite on Bruce Springsteen's level. He's still, <laughs> Eric George is still largely a commercial country singer-songwriter, but you know, in that world, for those types of songwriters, he's there. He's got that combination of uh, good, heartfelt music uh, performance aspect and also being able to write a catchy hit song. So... If you're interested in more about that, I wrote a whole review and there's a couple photos up on popsandhisses.com right now. All right, so we're back with another edition of Ask the Music Guy. And on this episode, we have two questions. The first that I'm going to talk about comes from at GHF402 in twi- on Twitter. They asked, have you seen the ticket prices for the Chili Peppers tour? Insane. You'd think In these times, these artists would make an extra effort to ensure their fans aren't priced out. So ticket prices, they seem really high. Let's talk about that. So to do a little research just based on uh, their question, I did go check tickets for the Chili Peppers. Uh, They have a concert coming up at Mile High Stadium in Denver, so I opened that one up. I also looked at one in Seattle, and both those shows were roughly the same. So I didn't think the prices were crazy. Um, Let's see. Tickets in the top section of the stadium were about 80 bucks plus fees. This is all on Ticketmaster, by the way. And tickets on the field level were, you know, roughly 215 to 300 plus fees per seat. Now, that's a lot of money. I'm not saying 300 bucks is a cheap ticket by any means. It totally is. But 
Most big concerts, I'd expect to spend around $75 for a basic ticket, maybe up. Kind of depends on the show. Um, some of those country shows are a little cheaper. Uh, bands that are kind of rising up. I know Greta Van Fleet, for example, is coming, doing an arena tour. I mean, those tickets are going to be cheaper than the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who's an established band, one of the most popular rock bands in the world. They're going to be a little pricier. Um, so those aren't outrageous. If you want to go see the Chili Peppers in a stadium, you can pay 80 bucks. That's actually not so bad for that kind of show. Um, but generally speaking, concerts... The ticket prices are rising. They've been rising a lot in the last several years. Um, last year's ticket average price was $78.30, according to Polestar. So Polestar is a publication that tracks the concert industry, and they track ticket prices and stuff. So that average, $78, is up 14% from 2019. So they went um, – this is data from last year, and it's compared to 2019 because those are the only two times we've had concerts in the last – few years uh, 2019 was the last solid year and the end of 2021 was when concerts really started so that's the comparison so up 14 percent. that's a little bit of a jump but that's not wild that's not crazy um in their year-end report from last year polestar did say that they expected an increase in ticket pricing and pent-up consumer demand so there's so few shows that consumers are excited so i think that demand actually is fueling some of this increase in price nobody went to concerts for a year and a half um, they've got that money they were going to spend. They want to spend it on something. They're so excited to go out. 200 bucks maybe doesn't seem like a big deal. So I think that's going to push up. Um, it's good to know, too, that the way that concerts are priced these days is that they weigh a lot of different factors. A big one is figuring out how much people will pay. So uh, the concert industry in general figured out a few years ago that they weren't charging enough because what was happening was people were buying up tickets for cheap and then reselling them at a huge markup. And people were gladly buying them at a markup and didn't even care. So the concert industry, bands, managers, tour managers, whatever, promoters went and said, hey, if someone's selling this ticket that we're selling for 50 bucks for 200 and nobody cares, why aren't we selling it for 200 and keeping the money? Like, I mean, frankly, I'd rather my money go toward the guy who's putting on the show and their crew and their band and everybody else than some guy who just bought the ticket and turned around and sold it to somebody else. So, you know, they weigh a lot of factors. They're weighing, if people are willing to pay $80, they'll charge $80. And if they're willing to pay $400, they'll pay $400. That's also why you see VIP tickets that cost two grand. Why? Because they know people will pay for it. So that's why they put them at that price. So I got to say, too, looking at that Denver concert for the Chili Peppers, people are more than willing to pay that much. A lot of those seats are sold. No problem. Um, most of the tickets were sold. In fact, the priciest ones were sold on the field level, uh, in mile high. So people are fine with that. The largely the only tickets left were those in the upper bowl. Uh, there's also dynamic pricing. If they put out the ticket prices and people aren't buying them, they will actually reduce the price. Send you an email, a marketing email. Hey, we saw you were looking at chili peppers tickets. And then you'll go back and click on it and go, Oh, they're, they're less now. So, you know, they, they really work hard on figuring out what people will pay. So, you know, gone are the days, unfortunately, when I paid 25 bucks to see both the Foo Fighters and the Chili Peppers. That said, that was also 20 years ago, and now I'm old. So, yeah, tickets are getting pricier, but they're not really crazy. And, yes, some people might be priced out, uh, but, you know, keep checking back on those things. You might find something that works for you. 
Real quick, I did want to talk about this very podcast, Pops and Hisses, and our website, popsandhisses.com. So this podcast comes at you weekly. Keep an eye on your favorite podcast service. And follow me on Twitter, at Omaha Music Guy, for updates. Uh, let you know about podcast episodes. Remind you to go check your podcast service. Uh, let you know if we're taking a week off. Stuff like that. And you can find all of this stuff at popsandhisses.com. Please subscribe to the show the Pops and Hisses podcast on your favorite podcast app so you can get reminders every time you've got a new episode. All right, on to our second question. So this one says, you can make a Get Back style documentary about any band making any album. What band do you choose, what album, and why? That question comes from Christopher Hetty. Chris was one of my former colleagues at the newspaper, and that is a great question, Chris. I'm really glad you asked that one. I do have an answer. It's kind of a weird one. At least it seems weird to me. might not be everyone's most popular choice. Of course, everybody knows that uh, the Beatles have a documentary out by Peter Jackson. It's about them making Let It Be, and it's called Get Back. It's awesome. Go check it out if you get a chance. Uh, So the band I would do this for would be Fleetwood Mac, and the album is Rumors. So here's why. I don't think this album is on the level of Let It Be. I, I just don't think it is. Personally, though it is a great rock and roll record, and uh, not this isn't me saying this, generally considered Rumors is one of the best rock and roll albums of all time. Also, this is Fleetwood Mac. They are a fascinating band. So that album is wrapped up in the history of the band too, which, if you don't know, essentially has two eras. There was an early era of the band with a totally different lineup than you even know, and they were a blues rock band. They were very popular. That lineup shifted, more or less, and they picked up Stevie Nicks and Lizzie Buckingham, and that lineup ended up creating rumors. So that was a totally different era of the band. Uh, If you see them in concert, sometimes they play some of those old songs, like Black Magic Woman, which you don't even realize probably is by Fleetwood Mac originally. The most popular version isn't by them. That's a Fleetwood Mac song from, from when Peter Green was in the band and stuff like that, and that's totally different than like Landslide, right? Blues rock band, uh, totally like a folk rock, uh, rock and roll <laughs> song. I mean, like, these are two different eras. So Rumors comes right in the middle of that. Um, and you can tell a lot of the story of Fleetwood Mac through the lens of that album. I mean, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham joined the band. Um, there's these romantic entanglements in the band, uh, including those two. And while they're making rumors, some of these things kind of fall apart. That influences the direction of the band, the direction of the record, too. This is also, you know, a record that just had an open-ended budget and an open-ended stint at the studio. They made it at the record plant in Sausalito. Um, they could do whatever they want, take as much time as they want. I mean, they used tons of cocaine. That is a, a widely known thing about this was just partying all the time. So when you think of the stereotypical excess and partying and money spent on recording rock and roll records in that era, those types of stories, that stereotype that you have in your brain comes from albums like Rumors. So this is a quote from one of the owners of the studio, the the record plant. He said, quote, the band would come in at seven at night, have a big feast, party till one or two in the morning. And then when they were so whacked out, they couldn't do anything, they'd start recording. So that is the kind of backdrop for the making of this album it's not the beatles breaking up and and all these band dynamics but it has a lot of interesting stories um also near the end of making rumors fleetwood mac took a break they previewed the material at some live shows and then they reconvened at more places to record more and the the mixing of it was really weird there were all these strange ins and outs and then we result with this amazing record so 
I just think it would be fascinating to get to the inside story of that album. Um, part of that would be fun because you'd be able to interview these people in modern times. I don't know how much footage there would be of that. I mean, unlike Let It Be, where they just had cameras rolling the entire time, I don't know what footage there would be. But, you know, supplement that with modern interviews, it would be wonderful. Part of that is also because they just still don't get along. Like, if you don't remember, Lindsey Buckingham was booted out of the band a couple years ago. Um, I still don't think they all really necessarily like each other that much. So uh, I think it would be fascinating to see from that. All in all, it's a crazy story. The making of rumors and diving into every little element of it would produce some truly amazing stories, some fascinating stuff to watch. Thanks so much for your questions in this episode. Remember, you can submit your own question to be featured on a future podcast at popsandhisses.com slash question. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and you can follow me on Twitter as at Omaha Music Guy or find my page on Facebook by searching for my name. Thank you, as always. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Herd at Media for producing the show and find lots more of our podcasts on herdatmedia.com slash network. That's H-U-R-R-D-A-T media.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. A Herd at Media production.